Oh, I forgot about that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said anything. I take it back. Got to go to them properties. Oh, yeah. It definitely reset the properties. Yep. Mm-hmm. Of did course it me. did. Did that to me literally today. Yeah. And I didn't even update yet to that, that version. Yep. Everything got reset to default. Look at that. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I got to send you guys this recipe. A recipe for disaster? hear everybody obs thinks it can hear everybody somebody else's backup recording i hope <laughs> yeah i clicked record <laughs> just in case good we happens. were gamers yeah. audio promise yeah i clicked record <laughs> 85 computer won't go to 85 it's just as 84 and 86 thanks a lot machine you gotta get up to 88 andy I'm just, can you just lead in the podcast now? Because you apparently have the pulse of the moment. Jeez. <laughs> Cup's number is 10, so I can't work that in there. Uh, 88 fouls in the last two minutes of this. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just go. We got a lot to talk about today. Hello. Welcome to episode 297 of We Were Gamers, the podcast where old people sit around crotchety about the Super Bowl afterwards, even though we have no skin in the game. Back in my day. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, And I think we all sort of felt the same way in the little conversation we were having. It's just like, why the refs got to go and insert themselves at the end of the game, man? Come on. Every single time. There were six fouls in the entire game. Four three. of them on that one sequence. Three of them. Three on the one sequence. Yep. And probably five of them in the last quarter. Oh, Garen. Yeah, other than the... Um, the celebration penalty. The celebration penalty, I think they were all in the final quarter. Yeah, I think you're right. The and, s- like, there's a, a... Before people accuse us of bias or whatever... There was a super blown call of a face mask on Jalen Ramsey. Oh, that, yeah. yes, we've agree. seen the video. Okay, we got it. Yes, yes, yes. But like, you I blow even... a call. Okay, yeah. But that doesn't like that doesn't I... give the refs license to like do a make good. I don't think that's a good <laughs> strategy to be. I don't as a referee. think honestly that uh, two of the three calls. I guess there were technically four. Because there was one on each team in one of the plays. There are three on the Bengals. Right? Um, yeah. I think three of the four calls were actually probably technically correct by the rules. Right? Yes. Um, yeah. The Cooper Cup hit to the head thing was weird to me. But I don't want to judge it because I wasn't on the field and I'm not a referee and player safety and all that. Uh, that's fine. Um I think if you've watched a lot of college football recently... I would expect a foul in college football for sure. It looked like he was trying to push him out of bounds and Cup's head came down on him uh, versus him targeting him. I don't care that much to even argue about it. I think my concern about the whole series... which Oh, maybe finish your thought here. Oh, but I was going to say to your point, JJ... Then that same play, because they blew the call the play before against the Bengals, they tried to give him a give back, 
on a hold, which was kind of not really, but technically. Yeah. And then it ended up accidentally offsetting because somebody else was getting a little frisky with throwing the flag. And it's just was like, this is, <laughs> this is just a mess of somebody trying yeah. to get these guys to score and somebody else trying to make the, you know, it was like clearly one of these refs. Dude, it was like bo- two different refs had bets in the opposite way or something, you know, and they were like trying to protect the line. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I, I, this is why I talked about. It. I feel that it's rigged sometimes. That's where I, you could feel the influence of someone was like, okay, Vegas said the Rams were favorites. We need to get to that line, guys. <laughs> like, you know, not that they were, you know, they didn't clearly corrupt. The they calls. didn't beat the snow. <laughs> they didn't. Oh right, was it what? What was, it was, what was, was the four over? And a half. It was yeah, four and game, a half. At game oh, time, okay. it was four. And I a thought half. I saw that it was three. No, it's four and a half. Okay. It's open. So, yeah, it like, opened at three, which means they didn't. They thought it would be a tie game. Yeah, I, uh, it's just know. it's so deflating to uh, not really invest in football much this season personally, um, and then get kind of somewhat into like watching two teams play a really good football game. And then, like, watch uh, one of the teams get really hyped after one of the other teams was really hyped. And then just everybody except the most diehard Rams fans just feel the deflation of another Super Bowl going to yellow flags. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, it's, way it's, to go. It's unfair as well because the playoff games had been so good. Like... The the Bills Chiefs game could have been the Super Bowl. That oh, game man. was insane. It was so much fun to watch, and it have was you? so. Much, and then the Bengals Chiefs game also super fun. The Rams uh, Buccaneers game fun yeah. to watch. This one the was other, fun well, to watch. The Forty ers Rams game also fun to watch. Fifty eight like, minutes of this Super Bowl was some of the best football all year. And and none of those other ones had big controversies around the refereeing. They had, you know, the missed calls and whatever that happens every single football game, right? But, like, there were no huge controversies where the refs, like, came in at the end to decide the outcome. And then they do this one, right? <laughs> ah, we were so close. Oh, well. Uh, don't overinvest yourself in football, I guess. <laughs> hey, the halftime show was fun. You know, yeah, it was. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, JJ. Yes, hello. Michael's originally from the East Coast, so, you know, I don't know how we how we deal with this. But <laughs> hmm. West Coast rap, my man. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, rap specifically. They old? Is that what you're trying to talk about? Uh, you, Well, we'll get there in a minute. I can't believe 50 <laughs> Cent didn't pass out. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a theory that, like, because I think in the music video for that thing, he's in a dance scene like that, and he's doing like sit-ups up into the ceiling. Yeah, or I've seen him do that in a video somewhere. Uh-huh. Anyway, he no obviously sit-ups. couldn't do that now. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's still v- clearly very big, I think uh, you know, different set of strength. I I just felt a little strange about something. Uh, the entire set was like stuffed from Compton, and the. The Google map on the ground was Compton. Um, yep. and the name Dre, of Dr. Dre's latest album. And, and Dre was up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You know, Kendrick Lamar and uh, Snoop and mm-hmm. those uh, other locals. 
And then you've got Eminem. And my thought was, uh-huh. where's Cubat? Yeah. I don't know if you know, but I don't think they get along too good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like LA Sports, he's literally there every time. Basketball. Oh, only basketball? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that I've seen him Baseball? At, he was a big... At, has he? Okay, I don't yeah, know. I've seen him at baseball games. I think so you don't think Dre and he could put it aside just for one Super Bowl? Look, I'm sure Ice Cube would happily cash the paycheck. Sure. Um, but I think he's a little more political. Uh, and that's a would say something. Ah. Not that Eminem didn't say something by kneeling down, but like, mm-hmm. you know, he's white, I guess. And so it's okay for some reason or whatever. I don't know why. Like, obviously people were mad at him, but like idiots are mad at everything. But the, I, I think, you know, the, the lyrics that Ice Cube wrote versus the lyrics that Dre wrote, Dre wasn't singing any of the Cube verses, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, where Ice Cube was saying, like, you know, bad words to the police and the co- and you know the mayor and those sorts of people right i see <laughs> i see <laughs> yeah although i found this out today um snoop dogg owns death row records now sure does yeah didn't he write a song that said f death row records <laughs> sure did <laughs> probably but okay. probably why he burying, burying that hatchet for the paycheck I mean, or is or is it the truest revenge? Like the <laughs> that's, that's the thing that, that you buy it out, right? Dre yeah. Dre doesn't care. That guy owns I mean, beats. I oh, look, yeah, Doctor Dre is a billionaire. The rest of those guys are just regular millionaires. <laughs> it was interesting seeing a bunch of billionaire and millionaires on stage, huffing and puffing. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I saw uh, online someone said that. This was the Super Bowl that cemented millennials as the new, like, boomer generation that gets appealed to by the half-time Super Bowl show. halftime shows. Yeah, we are now on. we are now the Rolling Stones showing up every year, right? Right, exactly. It's like this was the boomer show for millennials. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you were in your 30s or you know right around that age bracket, you really liked the show, and if you were outside of that age bracket, you were like, I could not care less about any of this. <laughs> This is exactly how I felt for many years watching Super Bowl halftime shows. So, I, th- I thought it was interesting that Eminem uh, does not really like singing those songs, but he definitely, you know, stuck it out. Like you say, eventually the numbers on the paycheck get high enough and they're like, yeah, yeah okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Well, uh, I wondered for a minute since they started singing California Love if they were going to bring the Tupac hologram in. I got worried. No, oh, no. Yeah. That would have been crass, I think. I agree. I'm happy they didn't. <laughs> I think if people make the physical decision to go see that, that's up to them. But don't don't stick it in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It, I agree with the decision not to do it. That's for sure. <laughs> Politically answered. Congratulations. I have a question. Can we do a component class moment? Of a, of a question and answer situation. Sure, I think so. I, I've had I've had significant uh, self discovery over the last couple of days. Let's say <laughs> you heard some audio stuff at the beginning of this. Uh, I learned that you can't start YouTube chapters 
without anything but zero 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 zero. You have to the first chapter has to be that, otherwise it won't pick up the chapters. Hmm, I learned okay. I learned that my computer uses three hundred watts while rendering. I learned I learned you can't leave a lightning cable plugged in and touching my metal desk uh without being plugged into a phone or whatever because you'll pop and blow your speakers that are also USB. It's, no one has a metal desk. It's uh, only you, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, this is a problem of thine own design. Or actually, uh, you know what you do? What you do need? You need to drill a uh, screw or something metal into the base of that desk somewhere, and ground get it. a wire and connect that wire to the wall or something and ground it out. Ground uh, in one of the outlets. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's a bad idea. I probably should. It will work. The desk. Yeah. And then you will stop having that problem with your uh, lightning cable. Yeah. No, I I didn't even think of that. But when you said it, I was like, oh, my God, he means I should ground the desk. And that's genius. <laughs> Electrical engineering. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> I didn't take those classes for no reason. Only nearly no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I had another issue that I have yet to solve. I solved all these other issues. Well, not all of those were issues, but they were discoveries from issues that I was having. Um. I have two G-Sync monitors. Mm. As far as I understand it, if I open the, like, display settings, right, and you get into the... Well, I guess you got to go to NVIDIA panel or whatever it is. The NVIDIA control panel or the GeForce Experience one? I think it's NVIDIA control panel. Okay. I I was going to say, I think that's the right one. That's the one that gives you your basic... Uh, monitor information. Yeah, setup G-Sync, yeah. right, is right there mm-hmm. in the side displays. Enable G-Sync on G-Sync compatible. Enable for full screen and full screen windowed. Uh, that's selected for both monitors. Then, am I supposed to turn on V? I, I'm still getting tearing. Okay, so here's the thing about G-Sync. You should not be using V-Sync if you are using G-Sync. Oh, so that's the thing. I've tried it both ways, and both ways I still get tearing. Mm, you shouldn't be. I don't know why. So that's what I was trying to ask you guys. What, like, what are your... You, I assume you're both using either G-Sync or V-Sync. Uh, although V-Sync causes input lag and G-Sync supposedly doesn't. Anyway, I still, especially in like... Uh, these modern warfare games during cinematics, I get heck loads of screen tearing. So there's two things potentially going on there, though. The tearing could be representative of not of number one things being streamed to you over the internet, and it can't like fix that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, sometimes games have different. Like if you disable VSync on the monitor, are you also disabling it in the game? Because a lot of games have settings which override the defaults. Uh, it's a virtual certainty that they all have VSync settings. Yeah, I mean, for these specific ones, I'm pretty sure it's turned off. You know, there's no, I mean, as we discovered earlier today with OBS, there's no telling when they're just going to reset your settings. So, uh, uh, fair. But also... Um, is that game at a locked frame rate? Like, you know, you I've also tried to lock refresh? the frame rate at 144, and for some reason it won't do it. 
I see it shoot over three hundred. What say that? What was that, Michael? Oh no, I think JJ was going to say oh. something. I, I was going to say, can uh, it shoots over three hundred and stuff? But probably like in the menus and stuff, not when you're like actually playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, the menu stuff is like not like if you're getting tearing in the menu, it's fine, man. Stop worrying about that. Like <laughs> menus are not rendered the right way, and stuff is broken in menus all the time. Um. But a lot of games are like locked frame rates once you get into gameplay. And then because the frame rate is locked, G-Sync doesn't help you because it can't adjust the frame rate up and down with the refresh on the monitor. Oh, I see. But if you're so if it's locked, trying to do 60 and it can't get there, there's nothing the GPU can do to lock it or to bring the frame or to bring the refresh rate down to whatever the frame rate is going to be if it's trying to do 60 no matter what. I think the, what they have in these games is like caps. Like, don't go over 144 because you're just wasting energy. Yeah. Um, which shouldn't cause screen tear. I just don't know. This is like the G-Sync, V-Sync, and whatever, and all that stuff is like just some magic box. And now they, you know, they added DLSS and all these other new rendering techniques as well. It's, everything now in, in video card land has started to turn into like, click the magic button. Who knows what it will do? I think you're like V-Sync is a pretty well understood technology, even by you. I think you're just like not sure what the G-Sync is doing for you. Well, so that's I the that's I understand fair. V-Sync, right? And I understand what yeah. G-Sync is supposed to do, but I yes. don't under what I don't understand is when I do the things that it tells me, especially with G-Sync, that I'm supposed to do to make it be V-Sync without V-Sync and with lower latency. It doesn't seem to be working. And I just wanted to know if you had any experience. Anybody had any experience with that? The one G-Sync monitor that I have, I can't recall C tearing on. But right. I'm not ever playing games like Warzone that have <laughs> high refresh rates, and I'm deeply worried about the input latency. Okay. Well, that's uh, we'll open that one up to the mailbag. How about that? Good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Podcast at wewergamers.com. Just to... Uh, just to throw that out there, you know, if other people have trouble, whatever. Maybe next week we should do a uh, component class JJ for you. Because I want to hear about that controller next week. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because we haven't talked about that yet. But I don't know if we'll have time to finish everything if we don't talk about the Nintendo Direct for a minute. Yeah, the, that was a, quite the Direct. It was very forward, yes. <laughs> another piece of content aimed directly at our age demographic i feel i just can't believe it right like we first some people on this uh podcast family uh kit namely have tv shows aimed squarely at them and then uh nintendo's just like hey do you love front mission have you missed front mission forever <laughs> yeah yeah i have nintendo how about we don't make a new one? We make those old ones, but better. I was like, okay. Well, I haven't ever played Front Mission 1 because that was like a Super NES game. And yeah, if you're no. saying you're going to make it look good, okay. Yeah. I don't think I ever played Front Mission 1. I think I started with 2, maybe 3. I can't remember. They said they're going to do 2 also, but yeah. they didn't show anything of that probably because it's Man. a ways off. I, I know there was not a lot in there f- only for us. Uh, there was some stuff I have no interest in, but man, there was a lot of stuff and a lot of it was like, okay, I'll try that. Like even the, uh, reskin of Mario Kart for Pixar, you know, like, okay, I'll try that. 
Okay, does that look like a phone game? No. It looks like Mario Kart 8 with skins on top of it. I got the weird feeling that that was a phone game, but I could be wrong. It looked the draw distance was really far. I would really doubt it. I don't know why I had that feeling about that game, but God bless to anyone who wants to play Pixar Kart or whatever it is. Well, there's a (laughs) slew of them coming out because they just uh, remade Chocobo Grand Prix. So So there's Square Enix Kart as well. I think everyone looked and said, there's been no new racing games for a while (laughs) in the Nintendo land, you know? Shoot. Nintendo doesn't apparently want to make a new one. They just are releasing more Mario Kart 8 tracks, which, come on. Oh, yeah? It, it Was that in there? I missed that. Yeah. Oh, what? That was lot, like the entire end. A lot more. So they I, had are to, releasing... uh, I had to take someone to swim class, let's say. Aha. Uh, they are releasing 48 old tracks from previous Mario Kart titles, um, graphically enhanced to match the Mario Kart 8 style. So they're doing them in six packs for Mario Kart 8. Six packs of eight. Six packs of eight, I think, is what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a like season pass kind of thing. I think it's twenty five bucks or free if you ponied up the cash for the advanced Nintendo online. Oh, if you have the high the higher subscription for if yeah, you have the higher subscription included you get this free. for free. Yep. Huh. So that's I think what, I'd rather pay the twenty five bucks. Yeah, because the the higher subscription is ten dollars a month, right? Something uh, like that. I mean, it's way more than ten. I think it's, it might be ten dollars more than the base one. Expansion yeah. pack. Let's see. Switch online expansion packs n64 titles okay yeah they have the booster course pass on here with genesis and they have that animal crossing on there uh where the price in at nintendo of course you don't want to put it on here right because yeah, you got much i gotta click through i don't okay. know uh this developer show? game game loft uh the makers of that disney game have made a ton of phone games but also some console games as well well so. it just says it just says nintendo switch so and i would imagine game loft took mario kart 8 and put stuff on it because it looks exactly like mario kart 8 they've made a bunch of console games too so it's yeah. not like new memberships so like online nintendo switch online expansion i think online plus expansion pack is 50 dollars a year I think the normal one is 20. Correct. Yes. So $30 more per year, which is $6 a month. I don't know. What does that mean? No. I mean, it's still like less than a month of Netflix or whatever. Yeah, of course it is. But uh, from everybody's reviews of that N64, they don't work. Woof. Yeah, I think the uh, value is lacking there maybe. But so, you know, and they're also I mean, selling this DLC. You could just buy it, right? Yeah, you could just buy this. And considering the price difference, you might as well. I think if you're not going to play the Nintendo games, the, I think uh, it's, they said it's twenty five dollars for all these forty eight old courses. And again, no new courses. It's only courses that have existed in other Mario Kart games. Yeah, but that's oh. an entire game. Yeah, that's more than an entire game. That's more I than it's more than Mario, Mario Kart, Kart 8, 8 shipped with, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. it is. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just I think I wanted Mario Kart Nine. Just like stop with this, make a new one. I don't think they need to. I think the community put those courses in this one. Like, just... Sure. <laughs> sure. 
I don't think they need to. Anyway, uh, front mission was my big thing. Did anybody else have a oh my gosh moment in the direct other than Xenoblade Chronicles three? I mean, Chrono Cross. Oh man, yeah. What I don't think any. Thing? I don't think that was expected at all. So I think it had shown up in leaks, um, but for Steam, I don't think I knew that it was coming to Switch. But I certainly didn't know the craziest thing about that remaster, which is that they're including a version of Radical Dreamers. Which is like the choose your own adventure text novella game that came out like for the Satella view. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Talk about deep the deepest of pulls. Only the pulls that are deep. That's all that is also coming to PC. I've seen the Steam page for that already, so I really want Front Mission to come to PC, but I I'm getting greedy, I know. I you know, you never I mean, know, these, man. These days. A lot of their stuff a lot of Square Enix's stuff has shown up on Epic. And then Steam a year later or whatever. So it could be. Could be. <laughs> if you have to wait a year, though, like, eh, at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't um, know. I have a lot to play, so it's not like Front I think, Mission's burning a hole in my pocket or anything. I think, I think the craziest one for me was Live Alive. Live Alive? Yeah, never, That's an old game, never too, seen right? A, never seen a Western release. Super Nintendo RPG from that era that never came out in the West and was always like, this was the the fabled Squaresoft game that never came out because it was too crazy for the West. <laughs> and yeah, I like never had heard of it or really played it other than being like, oh, wow, that's like a really old game that they randomly decided to remake with like money. Is Live Alive connected to anything else? Like, is it a part of a series or something? I don't think so. I think it's its own thing. Hmm. Because I wonder if, like, oh, we'll bring this out and then, like, oh, man, it'll be connected to all this other stuff kind of moment, you know? I mean, of course, they could always do that later, right? They could. I just didn't know if anybody knew off the top, you know? Yeah, I don't I don't nothing, think so. Nothing that I know of. Okay. Cool. Unless it's connected to other Super NES RPGs I'd ever played. <laughs> Possible. That's, there's there was there's that a lot of them. Of SNES, yeah. SNES RPGs that are all related, but you don't know it. Uh, somebody knows it. I just don't know. <laughs> oh boy. Um, you can't play it on a Nintendo Switch, but I think it's time to talk about Inscription, as I cannot wait much longer, personally, to know what is a Kernoffel. Is it? It's time for spoilers for the whole darn game. We're going to spoil literally everything. We're probably going to spoil the ARG and, I don't know, whatever other random they got from that game and universe. So just heads up, everyone. Big old spoiler alert right here. Yeah. Okay, Andrew, now ask your question. Okay, so the Kernoffel? Kernoffel. The Kernoffel uh, Code. Kernoffel Code. So Kernoffel is a, is a card game. Yes. Uh, so did we play the Kernoffel code? Is that what's going on? Uh, okay, so in Act 3, did either of you go visit the trader? Where was the trader? Did you use your hollow pelts? I did not. I didn't yes, find the I trader. did go there. Yes. Okay. I okay. used the hollow pelts in the locked door. Because there was a key that I clicked and I heard a, a clicking sound to my left, so I went in through the loft, locked door. Right. At some point, you find a key in Botopia and it opens a door in the real world or, you know, away from the map. 
uh, to the left that has always been locked. And in there mm. is the traitor. And they will accept for five facts. And they will tell you some stuff uh, about the old underscore data. So how, how do you like Nazis you... there, bud? Yeah, so this game, uh, the Carnoffle Code, the way I understand it, is this deck of Carnoffle cards which had this, like, evil powers essentially inscribed in it which is the source of all these problems with the old data and but this game it was a right? cipher the carnoffle cards were ordered in a particular order in hitler's pocket as a cipher and it produced the old data which is yeah. this cursed information that is lurking in inscription which essentially is like the evil Eldritch Horror that which, is in that game. Which I guess the Bone Lord to told to Luke Carter in Act 3? Yeah, so that's the, the part where he says, I will reveal to you the secrets, and then it cuts away, and you just see, like, you know, Luke Carter freaking out and all the, like... Yeah. 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 Did, you, uh, did you find the mycologist? Yes. The, okay. the hidden boss battle? Yeah. That one was fun. That was really fun. Uh, man, I liked Act 3. I gotta say, since we didn't talk about Act 3 yet, the Botopia with the energy and the extra line, and I wish I had a little bit more control over my deck. Yeah, for weeding stuff out. For, I mean, I shredded cards at every opportunity. <laughs> but I think uh, the... I think they intentionally don't let you do more with your deck. No, Otherwise, it would, be, it would be too easy. Way too broken. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm sad that, Michael, you didn't get to see the cards that we made to help you out. Because in my game, it told me that I could get cards from somebody else to help me out. Yeah, so, so think... mine gave them to me randomly. Uh -huh. And then it had, there were a bunch of cards on the opposite side of the board from everyone on my friends list. So all of your Steam icons showed up on a card that right. was playing yes. against me. Uh huh. Those cards are just generated by the game, and uh, your Steam friends are put on top of them. Right. Okay. Yeah. There are cards generated by your friends, and I think they make you make one in that fight. Yes, and send it out they, into yeah. the So internet. did did anyone connect at that point? Michael? No, I did not connect. Uh, I guess I didn't. Okay, so it, you, you it would sent know. sent me back the same card that I made. Yes. Okay. So you did not so, connect. I did not connect either. So what happens if you connect is your card is given to someone else. They play the game against the AI, and if they win, you win. That was the sense that I got of what was supposed to happen. But the dialogue, even without me connected, made it sound like that was already happening. So I don't think I realized I needed to con to actually connect actively so the, until it was too late. The, there isn't anything you actively do. It searches for a person right when you are starting. Like when you finished making your card, it tries to connect to someone. And if it doesn't find anyone, it just does what you saw. Oh, interesting. Then I wonder if both of the times that that person lost. Uh, then I had more been... likely there was no one because I, I, when you lose you get different text that says like oh no as their game is playing out you just see this you don't see them playing you don't get to watch their match. no you just you get golly comment commentating right. on their match yes 
And so this will be like, oh, the tough one or whatever. And then if they eventually win, you get a copy of the card for winning. And if they lose, you know, she goes, oh, well, you know, tough. And, you know, you lose as well. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I definitely did not connect. I uh, noticed that in the card generator that you, some of the detrimental things on the card gave you a lot of SP back. Uh, uh-huh. So I, I made yes. some pretty broken one-turn cards where they would die afterwards. Uh, oh, yeah. Do the do the one that gives the opposing card more power, but then also use death touch so that it doesn't <laughs> matter. Oh, mm-hmm. I, just, I just gave it all flying and gave it a ton of bad stuff. Right? Sure. Like, yep. oh, it'll explode when it dies. Oh, it'll do this. Oh, it'll do that. But it's got flying and it's got five damage. So I just win when I play it. <laughs> Uh, the, there's one that I think it was like, it uses the sniper turret thing where like mm-hmm. when a card and it has, I forget one of the other sigils that basically if they play anything on the board, it snipes them immediately. Nice. Can you, can you combine, I know the one you're, you're talking about snipe on entry, which you could probably combine with death touch. And I wonder if you could combine it with the bloodhound one. Yes, I think the Bloodhound one is what it was. And so that, it, would, it would move to wherever they were, shoot them, and they they die. And right. so they could never get a card down, no matter what they did, <laughs> except for like rocks or whatever that already exists. And you can't unless you had a card down in the wrong spot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like. Oh no! It increases their power and has like no health and attack. Who cares? <laughs> I love how the game through Acts One and Two interacted with you like oh look you're interacting with the game in the very mental top level you've read it in a book before kind of like oh no the game's reaching out to the player kind of thing oh i'm really interacting now i I, i've you know we're we're luke carter and luke carter and the game are inter that that's been done a little bit not a lot and it was still fun but the surprise act three gives us where it's like we get to the archivist fight and all of a sudden the archivist fights like hey look through your computer find some old files we're gonna play a little russian (laughs) roulette with your files and then later on like hey connect to the internet for a sec let's see what your friends have got going on and that to me was really unique and fun and made act three personally a lot more fun than act two especially Agreed. I think, yeah. Um, it, it gave it so much more flavor and text. And I know that you needed Act 2. And Act 2 was mercifully short, really, if you get to it, down to it. Um, you needed Act 2 to set up the story for Act 3, really. You know, I think Act 2 can be yeah. a lot longer if you are, let's say, playing the Mox deck or not as good at uh, <laughs> um, those card games. But yeah, it, it's a Act 2, like, is the downtime between the like highs of act one and three. When I thought that, especially in when act three shows up, it's the first time I've ever seen a game have contextual new game and continue like new game and continue are not selectable as you, the player want to do them. They're selectable only as the game wants them to be used. Right. Like it's not, opening up Pokemon and deciding which save file you're going to use. 
Well, they sort of did that at the end of Act 1, right? That was the whole, like, the thing you got in the cabin was the new game symbol. So that right. you could hit new game and start Act 2. But before that, and even during Act 2... Um, new game and con- well, new games grayed out, I guess, but continue new game was never accessible. Yeah. Yeah. But then continue is normal continue. Uh, but like the idea that it could just be switched up at any time and that continue and new game could just go away was kind of really cool to me. And it blew my mind that the Ouroboros keep its kept its stats. I mean, it was just like, what kind of game would do this? <laughs> I like that you had that revelation in act three. And meanwhile, Michael and I in act two were like, my Ouroboros is already a 6-6. Six, six. This is amazing. <laughs> well, mine was a, I think it was like a 2020 or something like that because I had, it was, might've been higher. I don't remember. I can look it up later, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's in, it's, it was. So a, did either of you ever actually, did either of you ever actually see what the archivist does? Would you lose? No, I didn't lose. No. Mm. So, you know, they, you know, pick your favorite file, you know, don't the one you love the most or whatever, right? Like, yeah. And with the implication that like, I'm going to delete it. If you lose the game does not delete it. If you lose, uh, because the creator would get like <laughs> murdered on the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it does leave a text file in the folder that says like, you should do the right thing and delete this file. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> That's gosh. great. I love it. I I loved that fight. I wish that it was a little harder so I might have seen some of the stuff from losing. I, I think I only lost one or two fights. One of them definitely was the mycologist when I went there a little too early. <laughs> then once I got yeah. my Ouroboros, uh, it was fine. I think the I revelation think- at the end of Act 3 that all of this was you giving him the ability to upload the game to the Steam page was the coolest thing. Like That was the part that I really liked. It was like, Oh, well, you gave me access to the internet and the files on your hard drive. I showed you helped me like, you know, complete the code by doing all these tasks. I asked. Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to upload the game. You should have seen this coming if you were paying attention. I wonder if I like less that there's an ARG around this. I was, I was debating starting with that. And, and now that you've mentioned my favorite part of the ending, (laughs) I, I really like the idea that it was like this race to delete everything as well was very cool. Although oh, why yeah, not, that whole ending sequence is so good. Why not pop the disc out? I don't know. Uh, maybe because it was installed. I don't. Maybe. Yeah, so they, uh, you see him smashing the discs in yeah, one yeah. of those like crazy scenes. The video, with, yeah. But while he's trying to upload, why not pop it out? You know, unless, unless it was uploaded to his hard drive accidentally. I guess. It's too late. The evil's in the computer at that point, right? Right, yeah. That part um, matters very little to me because there's an answer for it if you want there to be. But the idea that that the story is deeper and not over and that physically I can't know what some of the stuff I saw meant, even after having read a gigantic file and watched a video. So I, I it's think a little the video off-putting. And the, or, no, or am I wrong that it's I not I think the video and the file explains basically everything except for the stuff that isn't explained by anything, right? Right. Um, which, in theory, could be explained by the next game. <laughs> um, since apparently that's the, like, this guy's games have, like, certain threads of connective tissue. Did you uh, did you all watch the secret video? Not yet. Okay. I won't say, I won't say that. I mean, you can, oh, look, you, can, you can go into it. 
the secret video is 30 seconds long i don't think it's gonna spoil him right uh there's I a mean, chance that there's a sequel to this game uh no I, so i think you misinterpreted that andy i think that computer and the date on that video okay is the day before inscription goes live on steam oh so it actually okay so michael the game the hidden, where you are playing is the game that the po3 hidden, uploaded the hidden video uh-huh. shows you that po3 once uh luke is dead manages to somehow undelete stuff and upload it anyway gotcha right the computer so. turns on mysteriously the files are recovered and it uploads to um, like connecting to steam.exe it says at some point and like <laughs> uploads to 100% and then you know it turns off the implication is the game you downloaded and played which came out the day after that youtube video was published you know unlisted uh is that's the day the game came out and so you have been playing the game po3 uploaded or po i don't know uh, is he po or po3 i went po3 I, in my head i called it po3 yeah Okay. Anyway, uh, I I like how crazy and fun and how they gave it a ton of backstory and this uh, outside world video stuff is fine. I I so hope, like I hope we know the, enough. Of the four versions of the game, then which one did you like the best? Right, because we saw them all eventually. You saw Leshy's version in Act One. Yeah. You saw. Uh, po- PO3's version in Act 3. Yeah. You saw Grimora's there for a little bit uh, at yeah. the end. And you saw my boy Magnific- Magnificus's Yu-Gi-Oh version at the end <laughs> also. Yeah, the battle the battle risk. Oh my god, it was so cool! <laughs> I thought that um, because it was the end, uh, the mage version was the most boring because they didn't have very much for me to do. I beat the other stuff too quickly and so I just sat there putting cards down until the game ended you know yeah um yeah the life totals are so huge in that point that you can't ever really kill each other yeah it doesn't matter well Um, and then the numbers start glitching out almost right away right and so then it doesn't matter that it truly doesn't matter right um but it's pretty cool to like let their stuff live and watch it attack because it's like it does look like Yu-Gi-Oh, which i think is pretty sweet you have like a disc and everything so if silly. I could have had Botopia with the graphics of uh, that mage thing at the end, I would be pretty happy. Botopia was a pretty good version of the game. Although, the card version in, in Act 2 is really good too, because in, in Botopia, there's really no more interaction between bones and all that other, and sacrificing and all that stuff. Um, I think my complaint about Botopia is there's basically no storytelling at all. It's just like, here is card game, time to play game. You know, that's all like it was yeah it's all around game i guess did you find find the slime yeah oh yeah. yeah the slime is the bro man love that guy in act three yeah and uh you get the angler card and the what is it the wizard or whatever the like yeah. bad wizard yep you were like so oh. mine well in i don't know about you guys but in my playthrough every time i got to the to the um like swap a card with PO3, those cards kept saying, choose me. And I I went with it thinking that there were something else was going to come of it. And then it never really turned into anything. Oh, no. I think that happened in Act 1, too. I think the, uh, the named scribes in Act 1 didn't like to be picked. So they would always just say, don't pick me. Right. Yeah, this was the opposite. Yeah, but I don't think you get anything different for picking all of them or doing what they say. 
except that the wizard is kind of bad, so it's okay to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. dump that and wizard pretty ang- quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Angler is not awful, but like, yeah, you know, it's nothing special. I liked the um, adding gems to a card thing in Act 3 was pretty cool, where it's like, gems are just an upgrade. It's just better. <laughs> yeah, where it, like kept, it kept powering up your... Uh, your I just, gym containers. I just really tried to always make things cheaper. That was my thing. I was like, if I could get this out one turn faster, you know. There was, I think eventually, by the end of Botopia, my like, what are those gem container robot, like the mm-hmm. null, the squirrel equivalents, right, yeah. were so good that like I barely played the cards from my deck anymore. They're like, those little guys were just destroying everything. I didn't need to have other cards, basically. Sure. Yeah, I, I, if you, even if you took the story out of this, I sincerely enjoyed just the card part. I think if I were going to play more time than the 13 hours it took, I would have hoped for something deeper. But because the game switched up so much all the time in between the three different acts, um, it kind of felt fresh each time, and that was fine. But Michael, I mean, I would love to know Michael as like a non card gamer how you fared through the most of this game. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it, it took me, it took me a few hours longer than it took you to finish. Um, my, I was around 16 and a half hours to get through the whole thing. Um, and you know, there's a, there's definitely a bit of a learning curve, especially in this game where some of the mechanics of the cards are deliberately obscured. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think I think the the card game itself was easy enough to get a feel for by the end of Act One. I think what really gave me trouble, and and maybe this is just because I didn't spend enough time really going through the symbols, were the um, the simulated board puzzles. Simulated the ones where you puzzles. had to like unlock the cabinets by moving the tiles up and down to score X out of X points. So sometimes I swear that the math I did on those was correct. And then I would like move two of them back and forth into the same positions. And then all of a sudden it would work. Yeah, I feel like that happened to me at, uh, at one point in Act 1. Most of my issues with that one were... Uh, in the third one, the the thing they introduced there is the exploding gem thing. Yeah, where yeah. it kills. Encountered. Yeah, yeah, and it was like damage. really hard to keep track of the fact of all the directions it explodes because it explodes both sideways and across from it. And I would always be forgetting that, like, oh, it killed the one over there also, and so the damage doesn't go through. Or like, yeah, I had a really tough time with that one for sure. The first act one, I don't remember there being as much of an issue but i'm probably forgetting some that were tough yeah in the first act i think all the symbols were in the book and like i said i just hadn't spent enough time going through the book and cross-referencing what each of the symbols did so did you, there is a book in act three what i don't know if you found it yep i did not find uh, it next to the cabinet i think if you turn right and look at the wall oh i did find that book the book yeah. is there i totally has did not those, find it it has the gem destruction symbol and most of the other symbols in there yep didn't find it i had to work my way through what that was doing on my own <laughs> yeah weird uh, the, the the act three puzzles those like sliding puzzles i think were the like hardest quote-unquote puzzles because you couldn't see any of the action play out you had to do it all in your mind yeah. and then hit yes and hope that it was right 
So I, I, I have to ask you guys if this was something that occurred to you. So in the in the end, as the game is deleting itself, uh, there was that moment where you show up again in Leshy's cabin. And for a split second, I had the thought that, oh, they're just going to take us back to the beginning because the game opens with Leshy welcoming you back. Oh, it was going to be a loop. Like when you first sit down at the table. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a loop that you've gone through all this and you suddenly find yourself back at Leshy's table with no memory of what's gone on. That would have been cool. You got deleted, not the game. <laughs> Basically, yeah. You know, he welcomes you back because you hit continue at the start, right? He was welcoming yeah. What's, yeah, her, yeah. what's her name or whoever was playing it right before it got taken out of the burning building. Or or whatever, uh, whether it was Casey or someone else, but yeah. you know, it, the you know he welcomes the person whose game is being continued. Um, but I, that would have been really cool, Michael. I kind of wish they had done that. Actually, it was like pretty sweet. I had a great time with it. I kind of I went back to Loop Hero afterwards, and I'm kind of like playing Loop Hero, and I'm like, this is not that deep <laughs> compared to. Well, Loop Hero is not not deep at all. I know, but like also, they don't even have like a book to explain the stuff in Loop Hero. Like, what is this symbol? What is that symbol? What does that do? You know, it made me feel a little frustrated going back to a game like that. Yeah, it's much more obtuse. Like, it really, really needs you to like look stuff up or like to really like. uh, For me, Loop Hero wasn't didn't get fun until I started really trying to optimize my placements of all the tiles to get like every percentage point um that's when i started having more fun with that game but like certainly in the early going like the first couple chapters it was kind of like i'm just putting stuff down hoping this works Mm -hmm. i definitely i see the appeal of loop hero i'm not saying i don't and i i somewhat enjoy it you know you have to change your cards based on what class you are because the necromancer can't take on vampires and all that sort of stuff very easily and I just uh this this game was a nice breath of fresh air. Seem there's been a few games like that for me recently, and I don't know about you guys, but like the 13 hours was a perfect amount of time for me to finish it. Feel like I got enough out of it, not feel like okay, well in act 1 I missed something in the clock. Oh, what did I miss in the clock? Uh um an actual ring. Or are you talking about the second clock? No, the first clock. Yeah, an yeah, ring, the first an clock actual was, ring. Okay, there's an actual ring in it, so you don't need the, the ring test or got the Ouroboros. Yeah, yeah. A, a physical ring, and then the Ouroboros is in the other part. Yeah. Okay, and the wolf, and the film yep. canister. Yep. See, but stuff like that didn't bother me. If I had missed something in inscription, I felt like I got most of it. You know, I understood most of it. Um, same with uh, other games I played that are kind of that like 15 to 30 hours or whatever. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just my, uh, we were gamers revelation of like the length of game I should really be getting into. So this is the perfect segue into a new game that I've been playing really briefly here. Y'all checked out this vampire survivors. What? I, I, okay, I watched, watched the video the trailer. after you linked it. Yeah. What the heck this is game that? Is, this game is $3. Okay. okay, $3. How did you hear about this? <laughs> the internet, man. How does anyone hear about anything? I don't know. Internet. <laughs> don't true. worry about it. It is this like 2D pixel art game and it's like you're the you are controlling the character in the center of the screen 
and you're wandering around an environment and your attacks sort of fire automatically. You can't control anything about your attacks. They sort of just go. Mm-hmm. So Some will target the closest, some are random, some will go wherever, some will bounce, some will boomerang, all kinds of stuff. Sure. And you're just navigating around and the enemies are swarming at you from all sides. This is like a eventually like an unconscionable large number of enemies are just swarming and you just have to survive as long as you can. That's the whole game. <laughs> you get yeah, watching it, watching it. It looks like the, the mycologist got a hold of a TD and a bullet storm game. It is very much like a TD in that you can like pick upgrades and they're all like Castlevania themed weapons weapons. Cause it's like vampire surviving, you know? Sure. And, you know, so you can get a cross and a snife and a holy water and they all have different names, but you know what it is. And they all do stuff. And you're meanwhile, the only thing you can do is control the character. You can play this game with one hand um, huh. and just wander around, you know, try not to get killed and sure. hope that you can hold back the swarms. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, you eventually collect money uh, and the money can be used to upgrade the characters outside of the game. And then there are different starting characters and different levels and stuff but really nothing changes it, it like each character plays slightly differently but they play look it's the same thing still you're wandering around and swarms of enemies still come um it's very cool for three dollars like it's a i mean this is definitely just a bullet for three dollars i mean not just it's not just a bullet hell game but it's definitely a bullet hell game oh yeah yeah yes and the runs are basically i i this have is, never seen is this it, like a meme play thing? longer than this 30 thing has forty thousand. Reviews. No, dude, it's good. Like this game is fun, and like I, you probably couldn't play it for more than ten hours because you would get every single upgrade and then just be done. Okay, like there's nothing else to do. Creed Odyssey has a hundred thousand reviews. This thing has forty thousand. How is that possible? Three dollars. <laughs> it's just yeah, but three dollars games is really re- cheap. But reviews. when they're good, they do because this game is awesome. Well, it's still early access, and I I'm starting to develop a. A theory that I shouldn't buy this game really is worth three dollars. You shouldn't really access the reviews. Andy. Oh no, this game is worth it. It is so good. It's okay. What's your favorite one so far, Michael? Money can't buy happiness, but it sure can buy endless fun. This game if is endless fun. Video game. What's that? One of them just says, "If heroin was a video game, well, dude, you do die, and you're like, dude." I was so close to getting that next upgrade. It's not fair. I died. That stupid bat got me out of the corner of my eye. I'm really upset about this. I'm going to start another one right now. Definitely had that happen. You guys, for $3, it's $3. You spend more than $3 on a cup of coffee. Like, this is one of the reviews I just read. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Here we go. Someone, someone redid the lyrics to whip it by Devo. (laughs) (laughs) This, this is a winner. I will say the upgraded whip is pretty sweet. Dude, 41,000 positive reviews, 400 negative reviews. That's uh, what's the opposite of being ratioed? I mean, it's yeah. still ratioed. It's just positively. <laughs> best, the best ratio, yeah. Yeah. You got it for $3. It literally is ne- nearly free. You guys so should this play this guy it. says so he 100%ed it in nine hours. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I've only been playing it for like three hours. Uh, the runs are capped at 30 minutes because I'm pretty sure at 30 minutes a boss spawns that has so many hit points it's impossible to kill. <laughs> uh, and in the beginning you won't last that long anyway, so don't worry about it. Wow. I haven't lasted more than 25 minutes and I was really, really overpowered it felt like at that point. 
bullet heck games, uh, card games, Super Bowls, Nintendo Direct. We've been, we've been on a journey today. It was a busy week. Yeah. Man, been that on Direct a had so many things in it. Oh. We didn't even talk about a bunch of them just because we're into like weird RPG stuff. Man, there was so much there. Yeah. Some Advance Wars for you guys. You know, I, I have tried Advance Wars multiple times. They are unfairly hard. I think this has do-over options, Andrew. Like, okay. take back your turn to the start of the turn options. But some, some of these types of games, you can, like, mess up uh, the puzzle that is the answer to... Oh, sure. You know okay. what I mean? I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you can still be like, well, I outsmarted the game because I, I did it my way and I had a plan and I knew what the game was going to do. You know what I mean? Like, Battletech was very much like, yeah, there's a way to solve this puzzle. You know? Um, what's the other one? Uh, uh, the time traveling mo- uh, monster islands uh, with the robots. Jeez. You guys both loved it. I got it for my Switch. Oh, Into the Breach. Into the Breach. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, like, Into the Breach has do-over, but, like, really, you you know, if you mess up, you mess up a little bit, and it's not that big a deal, and also you can work your way out of it. Especially Advanced Wars 1. Uh, there are so many times where you're just like, I don't understand what you want me to do. Like, literally, there's probably four moves ago that I went to one square incorrectly with this tank. And now the rest of this game, I'm going to be off by one square from what... You know what I mean? Advance Wars is more of a puzzle game than a tactics game. And that kind of disheartened me a little bit because it became very hard. That's my quick review of the old versions. I don't... I can't say anything. I I mean, I may try the new versions because it looks like something I would really enjoy. I hope that they are good and the new versions uh, make them a little more forgiving because there are some of those battles that are just like brutally hard. Andrew's like fully right. I think the, what was it? Advance Wars days of ruin. Yeah. The second one is included also. Yeah. That one. I loved the aesthetic of the story. I had a great time and I got about halfway through that game and it was like, okay, there was one where you had to fight your way across a, uh, like a lake and it was basically impossible to get there with a, you know, more than one thing alive. I was like, what is the, what is the, what am I missing here? I, that's when I put that down and I haven't touched it since, you know? Yeah. yeah. There were definitely levels in those games where like the answer was grind your opponent to dust. Oh, that was definitely. And that, yeah. And that there, meant that you had to play 7,000 turns to oh, get yeah. enough forces to grind them Rem- out. There were definitely yeah. levels in there where you're like, okay, you have your factory and they have their factory and you got to just keep pumping units out and you will and, trade and trade and trade and trade and trade. And as long as you are trading up one health point, you eventually win the game, right? It's just yep. brutal. But that game is like that sometimes. Or the first one, anyway. I never played the second one. Well, and sometimes you have to be like, okay, well, I have to I have to kill his unit so he makes a new unit before I make a new unit so I know which unit to make so that I can counter his unit. Uh-huh. Yep. Like, oh, God. Yeah, it, it was really tough. The first one was brutally difficult by the end. Really, really hard. Yeah. That's my review of Advance Wars. <laughs> hey, if we miss something in the direct you want us to talk about, 
you think we didn't talk about inscription enough, which we we, we could talk about more, I guess. I loved it. Oh, yeah, man. If you guys want to hear about the um, the roguelike beta mod, I could talk about that next week. Yeah, Casey's mod. So, uh, folks that want to hear about that, send those emails to podcast at webergamers.com. <laughs> uh, and I will happily talk about more inscription because I, I really, really enjoyed that game. Yeah. Uh, and follow us on all of our social media. We're at We Were Gamers, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, all those places. Those places tell be... you when new stuff comes out on YouTube, which has cool mm-hmm. graphics now. Yeah, the YouTube is a good one to find us on. We were gamers on there. And those chapter markers are working correctly, so you can just select them. You don't even have to look in the description anymore. It's like not even work. Too good. I know. Why do you guys give me the gold after I stop recording? <laughs> I'm still recording. Uh, I'm guessing like a year before that comes out on PC and I get to play it. Yeah, probably two years. I don't think it'll be that long. I think I think they'll want to capitalize on it sooner rather than later, given that they've already ported over the original. Yeah, I bet a year. That's my guess. Long enough for it to them to start getting it way cheaper on the consoles and then they've sold it for full price on the PC again. Well, did you hear about them doing that for the original in some of the international in some of the international markets in the last like 2 or 3 weeks, the price of the original has tripled. Yeah, cuz it was on sale and they stopped selling it. Like that has happened a bunch right before new games and series comes out, they stop putting the old ones on sale. You can't buy it a lot. No, you can, but you're now playing almost new game price for it. Really? I have a copy. The game was half off or le- or less even. Uh, less more less more than half off. You're talking about in, zero in dawn? More, yes. Yeah. I could buy it for five dollars on eBay right now. So yes, in the US you can. Oh but this is somewhere else. This was this was international digital storefronts. Oh. Every time publishers release new versions of their game, a lot of them go through and like jack up the prices for the digital versions in other countries to like match inflation in the U S or whatever. And it really screws over a lot of like third world countries and stuff. Sometimes I say third world country, but really every country that isn't the U S yeah, pretty much.